If you've been watching HBO's Lovecraft Country, our friends over at Fansided have a really terrific companion podcast for you to check out. The show is called Lovecraft Country Chronicles, and not only does it cover the HBO series from a fan perspective, but it does a great job diving into themes behind each story. Join host Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora as they welcome a diverse set of experts and fans each week. Ever wonder what the history was behind Sundown Towns? Want a crash course on Lovecraftian horror? This is the show for you. So check out Lovecraft Country Chronicles on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The clock has struck 3 a.m. The witching hour has begun. Are you ready to be initiated into the Black Magic Coven? Join your sisters, Liz, Marissa, Kaylee, and Andrea, as we meet to discuss the macabre, creepy, and sinister. We call upon the Four Corners to invoke the spirit of Lavinia Fisher. So today we're talking about Lavinia Fisher, and the thing that's really interesting about Lavinia is that there are so many different fabricated pieces to her story, and she may not actually hold the title of the first female serial killer in America. So some people say she is, some people say she's not. The problem is that she was alive in a time where documentation was not necessarily amazing. (laughs) Um, So there's really no way of totally knowing anymore uh, whether or not she committed these crimes. And I think we may have some uh, opinions on if she committed these crimes. Mm -hmm. So Lavinia and her husband, John were hanged for their crimes of what was written down was highway robbery. So they weren't necessarily hanged for murder, uh, but what they were finally convicted of was highway robbery, which was considered a capital offense. Um, and what? That is just insane to think there was a time that people were executed for that. Highway robbery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it is interesting to think like, oh, you stole some things. So now we're going to take your life. <laughs> yeah. We're going to um, you. Yeah. Which, to be fair, we do live in a world where maybe property is more, uh, you know, what does that uh, say about uh, America? That property yeah. is maybe more important than life. Um, sorry, getting too real right away. Uh, <laughs> so Lavinia and John actually pled not guilty, uh, but that didn't matter. Um, they uh, did obviously die. Um, and the rest of their co-conspirators actually were released on bail. So the only two people that were uh, part of this that actually got hanged were Lavinia and John. So they pled so, not guilty, right? Yeah. Okay, but has have you guys ever heard of a crime back then when they pled not guilty and they were actually let go? 
No. I feel like they mm-hmm. just are like, we pled not guilty. Well, you're guilty anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, the justice system, has there ever really been a good time for the justice system? That's it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Especially towards women. Like, yeah, I've read but, this yes. one story that was saying, um, you know, she she wore a wedding dress when she was hung, as legend says, because apparently if you're married, then you can't be hanged to death. But they said, well, we found a way to work around that. We'll just kill your husband first and then you'll be a widow. God, that's so fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. But I do love her last words. Before she was hung, it was uh, rumored that she said, if any of you have a message for the devil, tell me now for I shall be seeing him shortly. And then she died. She jumped off too. Like the executioner didn't push her. She just jumped off first. I hope that's true. That's that's one of the legends that I saw a few times. I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. And also like really gnarly last words, you know? Truly, especially back then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of everything I read, something that rang true throughout murder or not was that she was kind of a spitfire. I guess she was like kicking and screaming all the way up to the gallows. They had to carry her. Um, just because she was being super defiant. So I appreciate that in a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. And also just the defiance of like jumping off before they can get to her, just not giving them that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But even apparently then, like, I guess if you, uh, I guess according to some religions nowadays too, if you commit suicide, which technically that might be, but even though they ruled it a hanging, um, you know, you would go to hell anyways. But I don't know. They, I don't think this stuff that I read didn't really get too much into religion. But um, it was just kind of like a her last words were sort of like a weird curse on the town. And then since then, people have seen her apparition around that Charleston jailhouse. Right. Well, and I think too, her husband had maintained her innocence throughout, trying to get her freedom, um, and that that was kind of sweet. But it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So. With Lavinia's uh, many stories, one of the most common thing was that Lavinia was a very beautiful and charming woman. So, uh, like you were kind of saying, Andrea, um, because you mentioned a little bit about Lavinia being, um, wait, what word did you use to describe her? Spitfire. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, Lavinia um, was very popular in the community according to a lot of things at the beginning of her time in the community. So she uh, helped run the Six Mile House, which was six miles outside of Charleston, so a very clever name. Um, And she, however, probably utilized a lot of her characteristics of charm and beauty to help her and her her husband and, like, this gang of men and women, potentially... Uh, rob and kill male travelers. This is the legend. Uh, and so as many more and more men men went missing, the rumor mill began to do its work. So basically as men went missing in this area, people started talking about the six mile house being kind of like this place that you would go and never be seen again. Um, and so one of the versions of this story is that Lavinia would invite travelers into the six mile wayfarer house um for dinner and you know like basically kind of woo them into having dinner 
Um, and then she would start to ask them questions about their occupation because she wanted to get to know, like, how much money would this person potentially have? Is this person worth trying to rob? Um, and then she would give them, if she found them to be worth trying to rob, she would give them a cup of poison tea. And once they drank the tea, they would go to bed. Um, and then in theory, they would die. But just to make sure they were dead, her husband would go to the room and stab them. <laughs> so that then they could steal all of their belongings. Just for the creep factor there, um, a bunch of the stuff I read is that she would use oleander. I don't know if you use the flower or the like leaves or what off of that plant to um, poison the men, but I kind of want to grow an oleander bush or I don't know, <laughs> a plant or something just, just for the creep factor. Just in my to garden have next, it. Next spring, this is going to happen. You never know when it could come in handy, I guess. Exactly. There's a garden in the UK that's owned, I think, by some royalty, but it's called um, the Alnwick Garden, the Poison Garden, and everything that grows in there are poisonous plants. Cool. Hmm. That's really that's cool. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. It's pretty large, but um, yeah, it's like one woman's specific garden that she only grows things that could kill people, essentially. But oleander can also just be used as a sedative if enough, not like not a ton is used. So I'm mm -hmm. wondering too, along with like the rumor mill, if they weren't sedating people and robbing them instead of like butchering them. Yeah. With the legend, that would make sense. Yeah. See, to me, that's like why, to me, that makes more sense why they would just be convicted of highway robbery because maybe these people did get away, but they did get robbed, you know, like, right. so. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that Lavinia, I don't know, she, I, she, from what I've read, I don't necessarily get the vibe that Lavinia was this cold-blooded killer. Um, it seems like she was part of this group that was trying to take advantage of people that were, you know, loners that were traveling mm -hmm. to um, get more money and, you know, and now I don't know their whole story, so like maybe they were struggling and they needed the money, um, but to me, it makes more sense that they probably just drugged these people and stole their stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, have any of you ever seen Arsenic and Old Lace? No. A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been a long time for me, okay. too. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite, uh, like, Cary Grant movies. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, to me, it's so funny that this movie was made, like, back when it was made. Um, because it is like pretty dark, um, but it's about these two old ladies that basically they advertise that they have a room in their home for someone if they want to come stay, like to rent. Mm -hmm. um, and they specifically try to get lonely old men to come rent it. And then they poison them um, using elderberry wine and like arsenic. Um, and then kill them. And their whole thing is that they think that they're doing th these men a service because they don't have any family or friends and they're just old and sad. Yeah. And, uh, like, <laughs> and Cary Grant's character, like, is their supposed nephew. Um, and so he finds out that his aunts are doing this and freaks out and he's supposed to be getting married and everything. It's a comedy, but it's this, obviously, it's a very dark comedy. Um, but I don't know why when I was reading about Lavinia, I just kept thinking of them because it was a very similar like where, you know, they lure these men into their 
space and then, you know, poison them with a drink. Um, obviously, they had better intentions, although they were still uh, clearly not Murders. doing the right thing. Yeah. But <laughs> why is there not a remake for this movie? Can we pitch this to someone? Like, well, there's, I, I know. I Harry Grant version because um, I saw a BBC stage play version of this. So oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I love Cary Grant and I need to look that up. Yeah, I yeah. That. it's a great movie. I show it in a lot of my theater classes um, and it's always funny because the kids are like, oh, we have to watch a black and white movie. <laughs> and, then by the, oh and then by the end of the movie, they all are like, oh, that was pretty good. Like it there's something about it that just like surpasses time to me because you know comedy is a hard thing with time like sometimes it's just not funny anymore you know the, mm -hmm. the same things aren't as funny now as or th as then as they are now or whatever mm -hmm. uh but that movie just is super funny so if you've never seen it i'd say it's a great uh spooky season watch um like a little bit more lighthearted. but uh yeah it's it's wonderful if you love to see men getting poisoned um <laughs> i do yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another version of the Lavinia legend was that the tea would only put the men to sleep for a few hours, but when they were almost asleep, Lavinia would pull a lever and the bed would collapse and drop the victim into a pit. Um, and then some said that there was spikes waiting at the bottom of the pit to like kill the men. <laughs> I just have to say oh this God. is like my favorite version of the story because it feels <laughs> yeah. like such a stretch that they like engineered and planned this whole thing where there was a pit with spikes and a lever underneath the bed. Like, so did yeah. anybody else get Sweeney Todd vibes? Oh yes. yeah. yeah. Like, the, sure. the, the image there. Yes. I was like, oh, man, or even like great. legends of the hidden temple for me. Like <laughs> yeah. it just sounds so absurd too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trap door that leads to spikes yes there's a lot yeah. of good movie ideas in her story yeah <laughs> i know that's why i'm surprised that there really hasn't been much about her i mean i guess because mm -hmm. maybe it's all fake but <laughs> mm -hmm. um still it's just, it's it's interesting um mm -hmm. but uh much of what actually occurred in the act in the alleged murders at the hands of john and lavinia have become wildly exaggerated through time. So it's, like I said, it's very hard to know what is fact and truth in this in this situation and whether or not, you know, they actually killed anybody or not. Um, the other thing is, is that there's not a lot of, like, bodies to be found, like, to connect to these supposed murders. Um, so, I mean, I think that they actually did look around the Six Mile Hotel and stuff. People have said to have looked around that, like, because they were like, oh, well, there's this whole, like, uh, legend that, you know, they would have buried the bodies probably close here, but they haven't really found much of anything. And so, again, yeah, I just I feel like... Um, there was a yeah. book in 2010 by a homicide detective in Charleston, and he had kind of dug back through the case, um, and he could only find two bodies that had been found um, near the house, and one of them um, was a white male in a freshly dug grave, and they thought that victim had been shot around the time of the sheriff and the lynch mob raid. Um, mm -hmm. But there was also remains um, of a young black woman whose body was in an unmarked grave two, about two years prior. So it, it, neither of them were near the same time or killed the same way, but that, those were the only skeletons found anywhere near the house or on the property. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's hard to believe that, I mean, I don't know. I would think like if you're just 
killing people to rob them, you're probably not super savvy in like, oh, where do we hide the bodies? Like, I, I feel right. like they would probably just have buried them somewhere around the property, like I would think. Um, yeah, like so again, why would they go? Why would they go out of their way to like travel miles somewhere to bury them? Yeah. Well, if I just, they were just in like the pit under the house, that would smell after a while. Yes, for sure. If they were being spiked and then just left down there, <laughs> yeah, just leave them there. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so uh, there were news accounts that the uh, that there was a vigilante gang that went to the Fishers. Uh, place to stop the um, like gang activities that were occurring there. Now, whether or not those gang activities were murders, robberies, etc., we don't really know. Um, but they thought that they had uh, pretty much accomplished what they set out to do. Um, but they left one person behind to kind of like watch over what was going on, um, and that was David Ross and. Um, apparently, according to stories, um, the next day Ross was then attacked by two men and dragged before the gang, um, that had terrorized the region. So, like, like I said, Lavinia and John, like, are reported to be part of this gang. Like, the rest of the members of the gang were not hanged. For some reason, just the two of them were hanged. But they were part of this, like, group that were robbing people or whatever. Um, and so among the gang was Lavinia Fisher, um, who... Ross actually looked to for help, according to legend, and like, you know, kind of begged her because obviously he thinks, like, I think there's something to be said about, like, oh, the woman will like feel bad for me and she might want to help me. Um, but instead of actually helping him, <laughs> they claim that she choked him and then smashed his head through a window. Um, and then somehow he was able to escape after that happened and he immediately went to the authorities and told them about what happened <laughs> so that part is what made me pause like and like okay really because like you've got these murderers that are either like axing people uh -huh. or like putting them on spikes and like they're just gonna let this dude run off mm -hmm. and yeah. he's what running six miles to town to injured yeah 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 i mean yeah it just seems a little far-fetched that's for sure um and so then the the other like big incident that happened after this was a traveler named John Peoples asked if there were any vacancies available at the Six Mile House, and Lavinia apparently said that unfortunately there was no room, but she wanted to try to you know give him and serve him a cup of tea. She was like you know come in and have a rest, have a cup of tea, uh, but John actually hated tea. And so um, he didn't want to be rude, so he dumped it out um, when she wasn't looking. Um, and he said that she just, like, kept interrogating him for hours and hours, like, about what he did and all this stuff. Um, and then she suddenly said, oh, we actually do have a room. Um, there is a room available. And so he, he felt like that kind of seemed suspicious and a little weird. But he went to bed um, and... Since he was worried about the situation, he decided to sleep in the chair by the door um, in case somebody tried to come to the room that he would, like, be awoken. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the middle of the night, uh, the Fishers apparently came up and 
he woke up to the sound of the bed collapsing like they were trying to attack the bed because thinking that he was in the bed Mm -hmm. Um, and so he jumped out of the window um, got away and rode to alert the authorities (laughs) (laughs) when you said the bed was collapsing for some reason my head immediately went to a trap door (laughs) yeah (laughs) she pulled the lever to drop the bed Mm -hmm. and he wasn't in it Yeah, yeah. boogie like booby trap the whole house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, you know, another story. This is apparently these two accounts um, are what led law enforcement to actually identify the gang members by name, um, and so they were dispatched to the location and. Lavinia and John were located along with two other gang members um, and John surrendered in an effort to protect his wife and shield her from possible gunfire because obviously the cops at that time just came in a blazing um, and later during like the actual interrogation by police it's also said that John um, tried to protect Lavinia Uh, by giving away the identities of the other members of the gang, hoping that that would maybe, like, get Lavinia off. Mm -hmm. So, um, they kind of, like, all these stories kind of make John seem like a pretty good guy. Like, um, he was, you know, constantly trying to help his wife. Uh, So, I mean, that's kind of fun. You got, like, a Bonnie and Clyde vibe, you know, like, yeah. They're in this mm-hmm. together and they're going to like care for each other no matter what. Um but uh yeah, so after they were uh like put in jail, they actually did attempt to escape apparently. Um and so they like tied for me like the romantic vibes carry on um in the escape and Liz, I think you're probably just getting ready to get into that. Yeah, yeah, it's it I, I think it's very romantic, honestly. So they like tied together fabric of some kind. Uh I don't really like they didn't have like specifics, like I don't know, I would assume like sheets or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they tried to make it down, like scale down the building, and only John was able to make it out. Um and but he was like, I don't wanna, you know, I'm gonna come back and get you basically. And so he kind of hung out around the jail, like very close by. And because he was trying to figure out a way to like go back and get Lavinia. Um, and he actually ended up back in prison two days later because oh, they caught God. him again. <laughs> so, but hey, he wouldn't leave Lavinia alone. So, yes, Andrea, I think it's very romantic. Yeah. A for effort. Yeah, really. Yeah, he could have gotten away. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, I feel like if a guy is willing to, like, he got out of jail, like, he's probably going to be hanged, and he still comes back and tries to get you, like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a big deal, especially at this time, like, for a man to care that much about a woman, like, I'd be like, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. So Talking about them being sweet, I found an actual news clipping on a website called Posting Courier um, in an article about this. And Mm -hmm. it looks legit, um, but it talks about um, the hanging happening a little differently than a lot of the stories. Um, And it says um, in the news article, a little past two o'clock, the husband and wife embraced each other, 
upon the platform for the last time in this world and when the fatal signal was given the drop fell and they were launched into eternity oh that's so sweet yeah i was like oh wow it was a little deep. <laughs> it's so Launched beautiful. into eternity. Wow. <laughs> was there like a drawing yeah. at all too? <laughs> yeah. According to this one, they, they were hung at the same time, which kind of goes against the fact that they needed to hang him first because they couldn't hang her because they were married. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also kind of talks about like that the fact that robbery was a capital crime um, at the very end of the article just says may the awful example strike deep into their hearts and may it have the effect intended by deterring others from pursuing those vicious paths which end in infamy and death yeah and we're over here swooning and being like he's this is so romantic oh my gosh this guy is so committed he's so sweet and they died together i'm over here thinking about like hallmark cards idea you know like why where the lavinia fisher and like you know john hallmark cards for valentine's day on the gallows she says like i'd be launched into eternity with you hell yeah I would buy that card. Yes. No, it, it, and then they could also have one that was like, I'd just love to hang out with you. Oh my God. <laughs> it's perfect. We can sell them in our gift shop over in Stoll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so when they finally got to the gallows, because they were, like I said, they were convicted. Uh, John actually had written a letter um, that a Reverend uh, Furman apparently read aloud, um, which stated that since he had become a Christian, he could not be executed with a lie held to his account. And he insisted on his innocence and asked mercy on those that had done him wrong in the judicial process. So he like really claimed that he was innocent. But the problem is, is that after the minister read the letter, Fisher started to like uh plead his case and like he ended up contradicting himself by asking them to forgive him for what he had done so like uh, you know (laughs) i think uh he clearly was like trying to say i'm innocent i'm innocent and then when he realized that wasn't really working he was like please just forgive me (laughs) so uh, you know not a great look for sure um but yeah so it uh clearly andrea there is kind of some question as to who was hung when um but according to what i read uh they said that john was hung first because they couldn't execute a married woman but you know i don't know who knows at this point there's so many rumors about this case Mm -hmm. um and uh marissa you brought up that she wore her wedding dress and part of that from what i read was also because since she was like so beautiful and charming and pe- and she kind of knew that about herself, she also kind of hoped that um, after John was hanged that she could maybe try to seduce one of the men <laughs> watching to marry her real quick again so that she would then be married. <laughs> uh, that just sounds like a reality TV show. Like that's yeah. just a hot mess. But it didn't well, work. So stories of like but, male serial killers and how popular they are with the ladies. I don't know. Yeah, it's not yeah, that's fair true. point. I mean, if she if she like actually had all of her teeth and everything, I would say maybe uh, somebody would <laughs> go for it. You know, I mean, well, uh, I I'm know. sure they're probably like, how wild was uh did people look back then? 
Well, how, so, old, how old was I love she the again? Image of her. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, how old was she again when she died? Because I feel like that could be a factor too. I feel like it was early twenties. Okay. Yeah, I think she was so fairly young. Um, so not like old school spinster age. Like no, she's still no. she's still got some. Yeah. Okay. Because that's something that would definitely be relevant. I would think if she were like, you know, a little bit older, maybe it'd be harder. So Unfortunately. Pretty young. I, I want to say like earlier mid twenties. According, like, according to Wikipedia, it was she was twenty seven. It said she was okay. born in seventeen ninety three, and she was executed in eighteen twenty. She's part okay. of the twenty seven club. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, the OG member. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I totally love the image of her in her wedding dress, but um, another article I read it said like because they had burned down their inn, and so they really didn't have any of their personal effects um, after the raid, and that a white smock was traditional execution garb yeah. um, mm -hmm. at that time, and so I guess that's part of where that mm -hmm. like sort mm -hmm. of rumor came from. But Andrea, the people that have seen her ghost said she was in a wedding dress. I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm ruining everything. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, like when people always recall seeing ghosts, you know, they're always in like, the, especially women, they're this long white dress and, you know, this long white shroud. And it makes me wonder, you know, like, in 10, 15 years, or even just right now, like where are the ghosts that have like Gucci sweatpants, you know, or like <laughs> goose, what do they have on it? Like juicy on the butt, you know, like yeah. why are they all like yeah. in old timey clothes? Where are the people with like, you know, regular clothes? Well, yeah, it's like it, really bad fashion from like 2000, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cause uh, the interesting thing is like, that is the, they talk about, when they talk about Lavinia's ghost. So obviously they say that her ghost is believed to haunt the old Charleston jailhouse. And so tourists still claim to see her um, and her apparition. Um, but they mention like that she is a Charleston woman in white or a lady in white. And so that's yeah. like become like almost part of like a genre. I don't know if you could have a genre of ghosts, I guess. Yeah. Uh, then one of them would be the woman in white. Like, and that's a very common, like you said, it's a very common like vision and like, a way that people claim to have seen ghosts is that mm -hmm. it's this lady in white and it's just like uh it shows up all the time like in pop culture and stuff like that is you know the woman in white type concept and so lavinia is one of those and mm -hmm. so um you know they especially show up in america like in a lot of american ghost stories mm -hmm. yeah. um and so i don't know you know what that says about like you know, if that's just something where we are obsessed with women being like pure and something, and so that's why they're the lady in white. I don't know, but um, yeah, I can also go back to like America. burial shrouds, like you were saying, like were were women or people just in general buried in white for a long period of time? I mean, nowadays there's so many different ways you can be buried, but and the yeah. clothing is different if you choose to have a like traditional burial, but. I mean, even in Dallas growing up, we had White Rock Lake. We had our own, like, Lady of the Lake, and she would supposedly appear when you would turn the certain corner at midnight out on the water, and she was, of course, dressed in white. I feel like that's just such a trope. It's so mm -hmm. common. Yeah. 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 It is. I know growing up, like, La Llorona, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, she's in white. That That is a thing I never thought about before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we really get into the ghost stories of Lavinia, 
Um, does anybody want to try to share what they think really happened? Or, you know, is do you think Lavinia is actually a killer? Or was it uh, maybe elaborated on? What, what do you guys think? So the biggest thing, Andrea, you and I were talking about this. Um, there was a book that came out by someone named Bruce Orr who wrote the book Six Miles to Charleston, the true story of John and Lavinia Fisher. And he thinks that not only were they innocent, but that they were actually victims of political corruption. Um, he's saying he believes that the government was trying to take their property because they were trying to build a naval base. So they just essentially took care of them. Yeah, apparently the president at the time, James Winner, actually visited the city on, on a southern tour of the port and met with the governor then. Um, looking for the new site of the naval base, and that's where a part of that conspiracy came from to seize land for it, which the Six Mile Inn just happened to be on. Yeah. But um, the president was Classic impressed. And left being the city. Well, and the Navy base didn't materialize for another 80 years, but um, I believe from what I've read that it actually did take up part of that land, but um, it, they would have been long dead by the time it was built. It's yeah. Uh, I mean, it so, seems very probable, mm -hmm. really. It seems easy Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to... that the government, you know, did some shady things. Um, yeah. So. And then turned it, you know, a female into like some crazy killer who has spikes in her basement, you know, and poisons right. <laughs> men. And yeah. And I think specifically, too, because they searched the property and they there's not any sign of any bodies or remains of any kind even yeah mm -hmm. so i mean where are they doing with all these bodies of the men they supposedly were killing often well i think the spectacle helped especially with the townspeople because it kind of got them behind that like mob mentality yeah. of, oh my gosh they're killing all these people like you know they have to hang mm -hmm. even though the crime they were convicted of wasn't actually for murder I still think it's so wild going to a hanging was such an attraction, you know? It was like, right? an, it was a form of entertainment almost. I know, how messed up. Like, like I yeah. mean, it's such a weird thing. Like, it's funny to me how people, you know, all the time people, I have people that are like, I just don't, uh, like, I don't get how you watch horror movies. Like, that's so weird. Like, I, I still <laughs> have people that are like, oh, I just don't know. Like, yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, well, at least I'm not like, you know, I, I just, it's wild because, you know, we had like the Coliseum and like people fighting mm -hmm. to the death. And then yeah. we all, and we all went and watched that. And then, hey, now people all went and watched hangings. And then like, mm -hmm. I'm over here getting judged because I'm watching a narrative, like fiction story about something like, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. It's wild to me to think like how barbaric humanity has been in the past. Like, mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm also not surprised. Like, right. yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and don't get me wrong. Like, I love football, but like, I actually, I wrote a paper in college about the um, common traits between like Roman gladiators and football players. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I was just like a modern day, like less violent version of it. But still like pretty yeah. violent with the injuries. Very violent. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, girl, oh, yeah. don't even get me started on football. I am yes. like, I'm, I'm so again, like, football. I'm such a football oh, hater. Uh, like, <laughs> and it drives, it drives my fiance a little crazy. But like, just I don't know. As a high school teacher, mm -hmm. like, I see these kids that are like putting their bodies through yeah. hell, yeah. To, like yeah. potentially get a spot, uh, like one in a million chance to like 
do this as a career and like we as a country like push people so hard Mm -hmm. and it like oh man i'm being a downer but like oh it just kills me like i'm just like no i mean you're not wrong yeah and then the mentality of like what they can get away with too you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah but for sure well i mean just any sort of like um physical abuse in a way for entertainment has always been like deep within our culture in one way or another like you know liz like you were saying people are weird that you watch horror movies and it's like i'll sit there and feel uncomfortable watching mma because like this is so boring to me but if this were like a horror film i would be more intellectually stimulated because i would think about the special effects and the characters and you know the motives that are driving them and instead i'm just watching two guys beat the shit out of each other so you know it's just the lens is different but it's still this weird Mm -hmm. sort of like entertainment um for like brutality purposes in some weird way or another but yeah i mean going to a a public hanging in town square you know is like the equivalent of going to like a show like your concert's coming you know your favorite band's coming to town you know like everyone get together and it's wild Ugh. yeah well, I mean, we um, have a lot of options now and electricity and netflix yeah, yeah. i know right so speaking of abuse and torture uh that's a really good segue <laughs> into uh <laughs> some information about the Charleston (laughs) County Jail. So uh, the old jail building um, served as the Charleston County Jail from its construction in 1802 until about 1939. Um, And basically like way back in 1680, uh, when Charleston was first being laid out, this four acre square of land was set aside uh, for public use. Um, And it has been used as like a hospital, a poorhouse, a workhouse for runaway slaves, and then the jail was built there. So um, it's been a lot of things in that area, um, and so a lot of possibilities for haunted stuff to happen. Because you think like a hospital, people die, you know, mm-hmm. like I, you know, a workhouse for s- runaway slaves, like clearly not good vibes happening there. Um, no. Even like the poorhouse again. Um, so. Punishments and executions also took place at that particular location. So at this like jail building, um, this is where a lot of the punishments were uh, doled out. And so criminals faced like whippings, brandings, torture, and deprivation of food and water while they stayed in the jail, the county jail. Um, And like, for example, one thing where... Uh, horse thieves would actually get their ears like chopped off and nailed Whoa. to a post. Um, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> that's so brutal. Um, yeah, that's gnarly. Why their and ears? I, I don't know. Would, you know, uh, like their hands make sense if you would steal something. You're stealing, yeah. But like your ears. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's like. Oh, wait, actually, blood. I said that wrong. It's oh. actually so their ears were nailed to the post and then they were sliced off. So like Ugh. still attached to the body, your ear was nailed to a post God. and then they would just slice the whole ear off. Dude, that's worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Wow. And so uh, for some of the worst offenders, um, they might potentially have been burned at the stake, hanged or drawn and quartered. Um, and so... 
in this particular space, uh, numerous structures were built, demolished, and rebuilt. So for the jail, obviously I talked about all the different other things, but like the jail specifically was like demolished and rebuilt multiple times throughout the years. Um, this might kind of be sort of messed up to say, but I do find old school torture methods kind of interesting. Like, yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, if you're going to pull out like an I mean, Iron Maiden or something on these people, I mean, uh, yeah. and then you think about like the Saw franchise now, like, I don't know. People were, uh, it's just so gnarly. It's it is wild. wild. Yeah. Like, how, what yeah, nothing the, is scarier than the human brain. Yeah. Yeah. And just like lack of consciousness or like lack of empathy, just, you know, zero fucks given just to torture yeah, for, for, you know, stealing ugh. a horse. Yes. You know, like some of it was so mild. Yeah. And they cut off their ear. Oof. I know. Well, I mean, they, you know, obviously John and Lavinia, like uh, my guess is their worst crimes were probably just robbery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got hanged for that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and their, and their time in this jail was obviously not pleasant. Um, yeah, I would assume. That I had read about the history of like the land the jail was on just to make it extra haunted. Um, was a term that I had never heard before called a potter's field. Oh, yeah. Um, And apparently it's just like mass graves and it was slaves, vagrants, and derelicts um, Mm -hmm. was also underneath the jail Mm -hmm. that they built. Um, So lots of ghosts, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, basically in the 137 years that the building was in operation, it not only served as a jail, but also an asylum. Um, and so it had a great variety of inmates, obviously, including our, our titular people, Lavinia and John. Uh, so, you know, this, I feel like it just sounds like, of course, this is haunted. You know, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it sounds like another season pitch for Ryan Murphy to do American Horror Story. (laughs) It really does. American Horror Story, courthouse, jail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so the, uh, obviously there was like rumors of Lavinia haunting the area. Uh, but some of the main like reports of like strange occurrences, um, started in when they started doing restoration efforts in 2000. And so while they were working on restoring the jail space, um, like workers were finding footprints in the dust after the building had been locked off for months um and uh and so they were kind of creeped out by that they were like okay so who's walking in here if like we have this area locked off um and of course they had it locked off for lead paint contamination so hopefully nobody actually went in there <laughs> right <laughs> was actually alive uh, so <clears throat> but uh then there have been several like reports of apparitions being seen by workers. Um, they saw said that they saw the ghost of a jailer with a rifle um, on the third floor, uh, and that like it was heading towards them, and then it just vanished. Um, some people say that they saw a black man in ragged clothing wandering aimlessly in the halls. Which, when I was kind of looking at reports of other people that were. Um, jailed at this space there was a lot of like runaway slaves jailed here um and so you know that's they kind of say that that could be possibly like a former slave um and then 
they also uh the other people that were sometimes jailed here were actually like pirates so like people that were like sea thieves um got jailed here as well um and then of course the most famous ghost is that of the quote-unquote cruel killer lavinia fisher Um, (laughs) and uh yeah a, a lot of people say that they they've seen her in her wedding dress and they say that when they see her, it's like a lot of bright red and white. So I don't know what the red would represent other than just like maybe blood, blood or something. Yeah. But. I, I, she's probably really angry. Mm-hmm. I would Rightfully. be if I were her. Yeah. yeah. So might just kind of be her aura just exuding that like, I hate you all. <laughs> but yeah, some of the other weird things is that like they hear strange sounds in the building um, including like the hum of a dumbwaiter moving through the floors, even though the dumbwaiter hasn't been operational in years. Um, and then they also say like alarms like go off randomly. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously that's creepy. Um, and then other people have had like physical experiences where um, they feel like a choking feeling and like a shortness of breath, breath while they're on like the main staircase. So I don't know if that could potentially be like Lavinia trying to like give people the feeling of her last feelings on the earth, you know, like she was being mm. choked. Um, uh, they've also said to have been like touched and scratched by unseen forces. Um, a tour guide claims that a rope was actually like she felt a rope wrap around her ankle um, and then another man said that his sunglasses like just got knocked off of his head like by like a very violent, <laughs> oh my god you know <laughs> I find that really funny for some reason I don't yeah. know why like fuck your yeah. Ray Bans you know these <laughs> out in here yeah there are some really entertaining really hokey like amateur ghost explorer videos <laughs> on YouTube if anybody's interested and just, just like go or search uh, like Lavinia Fisher on YouTube and you'll come up with like the funniest fake stuff. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I had some fun looking up some of the like and listening to people's stories because like one other guy, he talked about that he was there and since he was a younger man, he said that he ended up with scratches like all down his back Um, And so people say that, like, Lavinia specifically targets, like, younger men because she was, like, that was kind of her M.O. was to, like, lure men into, um, because she was so beautiful and charming. And so she will, like, uh, like, a lot of men end up with scratches on them. And that's because they say that, like, oh, Lavinia's, like, you know, chosen you or something. So, um, I don't know. Kind of weird. And then, of course, to, you know, round it all off, there's, of course, also the terrible odors. Um, which, you know, also happens with a lot of hauntings. And so people say that they, like, start to feel ill um, and they, like, also feel like they're being watched, potentially. Um, And then also it gets, like, really cold all of a sudden. Um, And so, you know, I feel like they basically have every single possibility for, like, how things are haunted. Like, they they show up. (laughs) That's what I was just thinking. Like, every little thing that you could experience or has been documented occurs there. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, the only other thing that I have about Lavinia is that people also say that she could potentially be uh, haunting the cemetery, um, that she was supposedly buried at, but, um, 
which is, well, the Unitarian Cemetery. Um, but it's very unlikely that she was actually buried there, and she was most likely buried in what you mentioned, Andrea, the potter's field, um, because she was a criminal. And so people think that um, because there's no, like, church record saying that she was buried at the Unitarian Cemetery, they think that, like, it would make more sense that she was buried in the potter's field, and that most likely the, like, Unitarian Cemetery rumors have just been perpetuated by tour guides trying to make the tour more exciting. So, yeah, I mean, um, there really was no one to bury her outside of the government or the city after she passed. Yeah, um, I think like as in her death with the myth and legend that surround her in life, there was very little. I actually did a couple days of like digging through the internet and trying to find anything. Um, about where she was born, her family, if she had siblings. And there was absolutely nothing up until when she marries John Fisher um, and they start running this uh, Wayfarer house. Um, there was one thing that I found on a YouTube podcast um, called Southern Gothic, and they had mentioned the fact that she herself may had have been mixed race. Um, and this was pre-Civil War, and back then if um, she was you know, if one side of her family wouldn't claim her, she didn't want to claim her other side, that she fled and kind of got hooked into this gang and made a life for herself, um, which is kind of sad, but um, there's just absolutely nothing on her uh, upbringing or anything. And her and John didn't have any kids, so there's no lineage to speak of for them either, which I think is kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they would have yeah, hung her if she were pregnant. Like, if she said that she were pregnant. In that day hmm. and age, I would think not. Yeah, yeah, I would think not yeah, as well. Probably not. I wonder why she wouldn't, like, say that last minute. Just to say it, yeah. Well, I mean, hell, she's out there yeah. in her wedding dress, you know? Like, it seems more plausible if you really don't want to get hanged, like, or hung, right. then, you know... Uh, at that point though they've been in that horrible jail for like a year because they did request a new trial and it sounds like it was like such a like horrific place to be mm. that maybe by that point she was just like you know what never mind screw it <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Um, I also it. read at one point that uh, like John and Lavinia got to stay in a cell together so mm, yeah. uh, so I mean, I which is how they escaped that. that one time but yeah. uh I mean, so even if they had been in jail for a year, she could potentially have claimed to have been pregnant um, yeah. because if they were staying together. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you might be right, Andrea. She might have just been like, honestly, death might be better than this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, uh, the only things as far as pop culture goes with Lavinia Fisher is just uh, there was a Ghost Hunters episode um, where they go to the Charleston jail and apparently one of the skeptical like camera operators actually experiences the scratches uh, firsthand. Um, and then Andrea, you brought to my attention the song, uh, Pretty Lavinia. So do you want to kind of yeah, talk so, about, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, Terrence Zunick, and I'm sure I butcher his last name, um, and Sar Hendelman. Um, Terrence is famous for Repo the Genetic Opera and um, Devil's Carnival and they have uh, murder ballads um, and it's old timey tunes, um, mostly like 1800s um, historical references and they, they make songs of them and it's one of my favorite things ever. Um, and if anybody hasn't listened to Pretty Lavinia, I highly recommend that. 
Sweet. Yeah. So Murder um, Ballad, I, mean, I love that. Yeah, uh, I listened to it and it was actually like really fun. I liked the song a lot, so mm-hmm. um, I definitely, I definitely suggest it to people if they haven't, if they haven't listened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised that nothing with Lavinia has been like turned into like a property of some kind, whether that be TV or movie. Um, just because we do kind of as a country have like this fascination with women who kill. Yeah. Um, and the I mean, why do you, like, why do you guys like, think through, that is? I don't know. Um, I was just going to say, do you, have you guys seen white Oleander? Yeah. I don't know why this just popped into my brain. And even though it's not a direct like relation to her, but the fact that she used Oleander in the tea, I just wonder if that was inspiration for like the character in that movie she uses oleander to poison but yeah, i just thought that was interesting because that's the only two times i've heard of people doing that mm-hmm. oh interesting that just popped in my brain i'm gonna have so. to look that up yeah maybe i mean poisoning was a common method for women who have killed because um i was looking up just some information or and like stats around uh female serial killers versus male serial killers in terms of motive and frequency and um you know it uh, there was a, a study in 2011 um that they looked at female serial killers and they all tend to use quieter methods of elimination elimination mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> elimination. I, like I know right uh such as poison drugs or smothering whereas men would you know be more violent um and attack them like faster and um like in a more brutal manner i guess and then women were also known to kill those who were closer to them, like emotionally and physically, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could even say like the, the physical nature too. I don't know that like, you know, women are physically strong as well, but at the same time, like, because over history, women have always been sort of more docile until, you know, more recent generations um and submissive that uh going into like the forest or going into the garden and picking things that men may not know about um and quietly killing people versus like uh doing it like there is this one evolutionary psychologist who was looking at that in the sense that men were more hunter and gatherers or like they would go hunting and women would gather and so women were able to get sustenance and food in a way that didn't require hunting so much, like hunting game and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was one theory as to why women tend to lean towards like poison and drugs um, for their killing methods more so than like physical brutality. Right. But, um, I mean, women mature faster, so we're a little more sophisticated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's true. I mean, and I think like, uh, you know, as much as I don't want kids, I do think there are, you know, innately women have a little bit more of a like, you know, motherly uh, vibe to them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think like, I feel like, uh, you know, most of the women in my life are more sympathetic than the men, you know, when I have like a problem, like they just, they, they can connect with me better. Maybe that's the better word, not motherly, but like just Mm -hmm. being able to like be sympathetic and like 
emotionally connect with me. I think women have an easier time doing that. And I mean, unfortunately that is like probably a stereotype. And I, I hope that we continue to help men become more in tune with their emotions and like know that definitely. Um, cause I do think we're starting to move in that direction, but I think mm-hmm. that since we have grown up for so long thinking, oh, men are emotion, not emotional and women are emotional. Yeah. You know, I think we still, uh, you know, I think there, I, there, you could say that part of that is like somewhat a leaning, um, that maybe we are naturally more emotional, but I do think that we also suppress it as society in men. Agreed. Um, yes. Yeah, it's definitely, you know. It's well, like nature versus nurture. It might be a little bit of both. <laughs> True. Yeah, and there so. were some articles that I found about that, that the reason, you know, why there are so many male serial killers is because they lack empathy and sympathy and women are more, you know, empathetic and emotional in that regards and are able to like, mm-hmm. you know, put themselves into other people's shoes, I guess, and have that motherly instinct, I suppose. But there's also mm-hmm. this like, uh, women are viewed as a comfort or gain killer. So like they usually tend to kill for some material end and they're more practical uh, for their reasons than males. So like they'll murder mm-hmm. for financial gain a lot of times or, um, you know, sometimes revenge or just their own safety, but like, uh, or that's self-defense, but like men, you know, men are typically serial killers they're driven by like sexual fantasies in one form or another or controlling people in domination if it's not just you know driven by sex so yeah way more primal whereas women's is more like survival in a way yeah yeah well Liz, and like I, what you were like, talking about like suppressing feelings you know, whereas women are more free to yeah, we're kind of taught that it's okay. Men are taught to not like yeah. that all bottles up and explodes in different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's I always think about like if uh you know because I always think if we didn't have any you know society gendered things you know like where society says oh you have to like this or that or what or you have to be this way to be masculine and this way to be feminine or whatever mm-hmm. right like how much healthier the world would be without that you know like Mm -hmm. and you know how that might have avoided some of because i do think like that maybe you know some of these people that are male serial killers part of that is because they like can't be who they actually feel like they want to be and so then they like it gets perverted into this really messed up way Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and so whether that's like you know because obvious i think like you know, part of like Jeffrey Dahmer was maybe he was dealing with some like homosexual feelings and then that mm-hmm. like got mm-hmm. like extremely perverted. Like, and you know, it's like if only he had just like had the help he needed and was accepted, maybe he wouldn't have been what he was, you know, like, yeah. And it's just yeah. all these like things that we've done as a society to create killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to think about like what we could potentially you know change if we continue to move in the direction that we're moving in of like accepting you know all like people can be whatever they want to be and like or whatever they feel they are um you know and not be controlled by these like typical norms like yeah maybe we'll create less violence i don't know that would be i would i like the idea of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know here's hoping i agree with you yeah 
Well, it seems like um, abuse would probably pay, you know, um, a part, play a part in it as well. Um, going back to that, like control and you know, little boys getting hit and abused, and you know, mm-hmm. the whole idea of like strength, physical strength equating masculinity and yeah. you know your any emotion is viewed as you know you're weak but physical strength and dominance and control means you're strong and having that sort of weird warped mentality in your head and taking that on others I think is probably like a factor in it too and really unhealthy if you erased those norms of masculine versus feminine and it's just human then yeah it wouldn't um, I don't think you would take maybe as much out on other people in a way but it's definitely yeah. interesting Cause, i mean yeah because if you think about it like uh you know when you're talking about female killers um mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of what you're saying is like it's basically women like a lot of women kill to gain some sort of power mm-hmm. like whether that's financial power or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like it's because we've been put in a lesser power position yeah. so you know all the time and so that's why women kill maybe mm-hmm, and then yeah. men are more likely to kill because they've been emotionally stunted in some way like whether and that you know perverts into either like a sexual thing or yeah whatever but it's like mm-hmm. it it almost is like such a you know because society's put these pressures onto both of the gender like both of these the both of the societally accepted genders I guess you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, that we claim, you know, we've been so obsessed with just the two. Uh, and so, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, sorry, I feel like I'm getting very philosophical, but uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about, like, that that's how we've created female killers is maybe because they've had this power struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, look, I, there was one stat that I saw that was kind of interesting, just like the difference between the two. It said that nearly one in six or 16 percent of serial killers apprehended in the U.S. since 1820 were a female, either acting alone or as a partner of a male or female offender. So, I mean, mm. there's like a really wide gap between the difference. But I think what um it's also interesting too like the names that are given to men and women like you know definitely the jane well okay earlier you said like the cruel killer was um that was like her name or something but jane toppin who was also rumored to be like the first serial killer she was nicknamed jolly jane and there was another woman who was a serial killer named the tiger woman and then you ever you have here like other men like the you know kansas city slasher or jack the ripper like they're just yeah. so much more um scary scarier <laughs> well, yeah crazy it's like weird. jane toppin aka jolly jane she like did some f- really messed up things <laughs> yeah yeah and she had like over 30 victims and she oftentimes would like let people die and bring them back to life and then let them die again like with just using various drugs (laughs) and wow yeah but they call her jolly jane like right exactly like why because she's a female like there's so many weird names like that nick like murder nicknames based on gender so strange i don't well and so like one other thing about like female killers and like the power struggle thing um I don't know about you guys, but anytime like a woman kills somebody in like a fictional thing, I'm always like, yeah, get it. 
and then like but if a dude does it i'm always like oh he sucks like and so yeah, yeah i mean i do think there is like i mean obviously as a woman i usually root for women but like mm-hmm. there is something to be said about like you know i still am like yeah take that power like get what you deserve like mm-hmm. you know yeah. no matter what you know and so i do think that there is something to be said about again that like if women are killing for power i'm there's part of me that's a little bit like get it girl (laughs) seriously yeah but it's also that like struggle of women have been fighting for that empowerment for so long yeah that even you see that briefly in a movie it's a satisfying thing to watch it's well is it bad it's not even like god of monster with charlie's theron and i cannot remember the name of the um lady that that was based on and it's gonna drive me crazy for a second um it's uh, eileen something eileen still kind of rooting for her in the back of my head through the whole thing because i feel sorry for her yeah well it's like a survival method you know and she was abused and raped and she's on the streets you know so i mean yeah i mean it yeah i mean it's like you watch the movie revenge which is a fictional movie and that girl is like raped and then she goes back and kills all the men and you're just like heck yeah kill them all like yeah that movie is great you know yeah it is a great movie (laughs) yeah well and i think it just depends on the situation like there's some female killers out there who would like killed their whole family for no fucking reason you know like drowned their kids in a bathtub where it's like oh 100 yeah that's a little like i can't root for that but revenge um yes i can get behind that for sure anyone who kind of like is a terrible person or is a monster in themselves and commits these terrible crimes and someone comes back to get their revenge i'm not really uh that torn up about like kill bill you know i mean just that kind of thing or that kind of mentality but um at the same time you know go going back to like the power struggle and women being suppressed for so long and wanting to have this power it's it's not even almost like power entirely it's like basic rights you know like autonomy it shouldn't i feel like it shouldn't even be used as power in the sense it's just like basic human rights like just we shouldn't have to fight for things that have been withheld from us for so long they're just so basic you know Yeah. yeah And it's and we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. It's wild. But and then also when we were talking about going like, you know, women being more emotional, I don't think that's the case. Uh I, I mean, I, w- I just wish I could show a picture of Brett Kavanaugh screaming every time someone says women are yeah. more emotional. Oh, a hundred per- yeah. I just yeah. want to pull out that still yes. of him just screaming and yelling yes. about well, fear and freaking out and the women in the background just being like, uh, yeah, no. I mean, and that's just well, that argument. I, the argument that they've used is like, well, women can't control their emotions. Right. But really, it's just men have been taught not to show emotion. Yeah. In a lot of instances. Yeah, and, and to me, like when I say that, I think women can be more emotional. I mean it in like a positive way. Like as sure. like they care like they're they like the emotional like caring part not like, like i hate empathy. when people are like oh you can't handle a power position because you're too emotional like but like yeah yes. get over it like i exactly. think women are like more in tune i think women would be better or and i think have proven to be better leaders yes. because 100%. they do actually like connect to humans and like you know uh not to be a total men hating podcast but like whatever no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, 
but I think like there is a huge part of that that like uh, women's emotionalness has been used against them and I think it's a positive thing like mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that uh, we act like it's so negative and it's mm-hmm. not and so that's what I hate about when people try to use that against women yeah I'm like shut up like you like are an idiot mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah well and it's interesting too because when I would work at this uh, treatment center back in the day uh, the way that the patients would treat the female staff was infinitely different than the way that they would treat the male staff, uh, boys and girls alike. And, um, you know, everything was more chill when the women were on because men would try and bow up to them and they would easily get in these power, uh, power struggles with them. Whereas women were more patient and they were able to like deescalate mm-hmm. verbally as opposed sure, yeah. to immediately going into a physical hold or yelling mm-hmm. at them, you know? And it's just like, no, just look at them like they're human and you have a conversation and work it out. And it was just really interesting. Like the female staff were way more respected um, and they were able to deescalate these high risk patients who were in there for anything from like arson to killing small animals um you know there were a couple like attempted murders so yeah i i think there's uh i think there's something to that for sure on the emotional side yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so uh to summarize um (laughs) women are better (laughs) (laughs) to put it lightly (laughs) yeah we're not biased or anything it's okay uh Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I um, I think that basically to kind of go full circle, I do feel like Lavinia was set up and that she was probably not this intense killer that people claim that she was. Um, And she most likely, if she was doing anything, it was maybe a robbery and it was probably just to get by. Um, Because my guess is that, you know, they probably were robbing people because they needed to like it wasn't yeah. just like a fun yeah. thing to do yeah um so yeah uh so, that is the uh curious case of lavinia curious case of lavinia and <laughs> <laughs> uh, so ladies um what has been uh casting a spell on you this week I'm kind of excited about mine. So after talking about the Cecil Hotel and uh, briefly mentioning the Black Dahlia, I remembered that there was a graphic novel that I needed to read. Um, It came out in 2016, but um, I had my eye on it. And for anybody who's a fan of true crime um, in all formats, it's it's based on a book um, called The Black Dahlia by James Elroy. Um, But the Black Dahlia graphic novel is illustrated by Miles Hyman um, and written by Alexis Nolan and David Fincher. And um, I'm about halfway through, it's only like 170 pages, um, but the art is fantastic. And it's just kind of a fictional story about some um, guys in the LAPD around the time of the murders. And one of the guys gets kind of obsessed with it. Um, And so far I'm just absolutely loving it. And I like to see different things in different media and um, graphic novels are one of my favorite things, so um, really liking this one um, without, you know, any capes and tights. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. 
Um, for me, uh, I know Liz and Andrea, you know, and Marissa, you had met- mentioned you watched it already. Uh, our good friend Jill Six, I'm not going to try to say her actual last name because I know I'll butcher it, uh, just released her film The Stylist. There was a world premiere at Fantastic Fest on Saturday. Uh, it was super exciting because I had a lot of friends that helped work on that film and uh, it was really cool to see it on the big screen. I think it was really uh, a unique film and really well directed. So if you get a chance to watch it, you should check it out. It's like, yeah, it's groundbreaking, I think, for the genre and a breath of fresh air and what's been released. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I haven't gotten a chance to see it, so I'm very excited. Yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think this week um, I was flipping through this one book that I dog-eared a lot and um, always find really interesting to kind of go back to. It's called Ghostland in American History and Haunted Places by Colin Dickey. And he is um, he's a member of the Order of the Good Death, um, which is all about like uh, being like death positive culture that's kind of how i found him uh through caitlin doherty that we kind of talked about before but this book is really interesting because he goes to all of these haunted places in the u.s and he doesn't just sort of like debunk them whether they're haunted or not he goes into the lore behind them and talks about the history of the location the history of the supposed ghosts that haunt it and how those sort of like change and evolve over time and uh goes into like the cultural aspect of americans and the historical aspect of um the properties and what's kind of going on and why why this would be considered scary why this ghost would uh why this particular ghost would haunt this location and he sort of debunks some stuff that have been inflamed incorrectly uh like the manchester mystery house for example um you know sarah winchester actually like technically didn't really do a lot of seances and build her house to communicate with the dead she was you know an aspiring architect but in the age of you know the turn of the century women weren't uh it wasn't encouraged or women weren't supposed to be that profession so that was like uh her pursuing her you know like love of architecture and trying to give back to the town to give them you know work during this time so kind of goes into history of haunted places in a really unique manner um and there's like i think he goes to like 20 different spots or something it's really interesting if you're uh into going to haunted places and you enjoy lore i would definitely suggest checking it out it's a great read awesome yeah that sounds good uh so for me um this is not like necessarily a super new thing uh but fargo season four started oh Oh, yeah i forgot i am just like i already love it like uh i've watched the first episode i i mean i love the fargo series Mm -hmm. um i just think it is wonderful tv and this one is set in kansas city missouri in the 50s so um uh, it's just it's really cool i mean it was so awesome to see the fargo like title card pop up and you know they have like a black screen and then in the letters of fargo it's the kansas city skyline and i was like Ah, hey kansas city (laughs) 
Um, and so it's it's been a lot of fun to watch, and I'm just really like super excited for the rest of the season and to see what they do with it. Um, I am like I love Jason Schwartzman, Me and too. I also love Timothy Oliphant, who's in this season. Um, and then Chris Rock has been super great so far, so it's it's just a great show. So um, if you've never seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. It's an amazing series. So cool. Uh, but yeah. So uh, thank you everybody for listening and tuning in this week. Uh, we will continue to bring you uh, more spooky uh, crime, you know, related stories as we continue and the next time we come back we will be talking about the fresno nightcrawlers so uh, i hope you guys are excited to hear about that it is a cryptid story um so something a little different we haven't done a cryptid yet Mm -mm. um so we hope to see you again and this concludes the gathering of the black magic coven Listening to a downright creepy original on the Crickets Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>